in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 180 this week, my guest is Aaron Fennell. He's back again for uh, some more punishment here. But this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Tractor Zoom Delivering Insights and Dry Shot Boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. Aaron, how you doing, bud? I am doing quite well in the, uh, the world of the Rona. And by the way, thank you for realizing that it is, in fact, punishment. I appreciate, I appreciate the honesty and forwardness. You never know what kind of shellacking you're going to get when you come on the show, huh? <laughs> there you go. Come on the show yeah. in person, through text. Yep. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. Well, it has been a, uh, what's this, like week number six of uh, the coronavirus thing, and um since since we've shut things down and now we're opening things back up, we've had um, a bit of a roller coaster ride. When you look at what's going on in the equipment marketplace, it stayed pretty consistent, kind of picked up here right about February March time frame, and then kind of slowly started to uh, slide off the uh, off the edge there, uh, coming through April, and here we are in May, and it's uh, fairly quiet. It is plant season. I'll I'll, I'll throw that caveat out there. We do have uh, a lot of machines out there running around planting corn, soybeans, and what have you, but it's uh, not typically this quiet, but it is what it is, and I get where they're coming from when you look at, you know, $3.20 on the board corn and, you know, two seventy cash corn, and there's not a lot of guys jumping up and down to go sell a bunch of stuff. So I guess, Aaron, as you take a look around, um, kind of kind of give me a recap here the last couple of weeks, what you've seen, some conversations you've had. Um, just the overall sediment, I guess, that you are sensing out there in the greater used equipment marketplace. Well, I would say the way things are right now and talking with other used guys across the country, for the last couple months, the end user market has week by week got quieter and scarier quieter and scarier mm-hmm. and and on you know on down as we go here um the the which is which is odd i shouldn't say odd which which has you know so many of us do both sides right you know the selling to end users or i should say three sides some export business selling to end users um and then you know dealer to dealer wholesaler that kind of thing and everybody has said the same thing that i'm experiencing to at you know the the dealer to dealer world has been good for both of us i know i've done a bunch of dealer trading in the last month which is good because there hasn't been a whole lot of end user stuff and the dealer-to-dealer trading has worked wonderfully on both sides. The stuff I've gotten in is gone. The stuff I traded them is gone. You know, it's and it's funny because they had it on the Internet. We had it on the Internet. You know, it's not like we did a trade and the numbers magically dropped 
15,000 per piece. We just thought, well, maybe we can use that. You know, that's how them dealer trades work. It just, it just is, as a real quick side note, that's always funny to me how, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Well, you know, it was, it's been listed online for four months, (laughs) just somewhere else, you know, and then you move it and it's like, oh, yeah, hey, I like that. Like, well, all right, right on. Um, so that, that has been, and, and I know, you know, talking to the guys I, and I'm, you know, kind of buddies with them and, and it's, so we're, we're both, you know, everything's just totally out in the open. And it's one of those deals where you're like, nobody wants to say it, but, but at the same time, you're like, Oh, thank God. You know, we, we, I'm not getting anything sold and I need to sell some stuff. Hey, do you want to trade? Right. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's kind of. You know, that's kind of where it comes from. And it's not, you know, just so the world knows, there's no secret combine market that we're trading combines around. It's, you know, eights and nines and six R's and that kind of thing. And that, so, so it's good stuff out, good stuff in, you're just changing. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. And now, you know, here in the last, week 10 days we're all sitting here going well all right we did really good with all them trading with the tractors or you know specific tillage or planner or something like that and now we sit here and go combines what are we going to do with combines other than you know hey let's all throw all all our combines on an auction and see just how damn cheap we can get a 20 a 2013 S680 with, with 1500 set, yeah. you know, be like, yeah. would you like a 9600 or this S680? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's the so thing. That, that's kind of the, that's kind of the world we're in. Nothing, you know, no runaway. And, and I'm not a guy that gets nervous, but I was talking to a couple, you know, dealer used equipment guys yesterday and we're both kind of beating around the bush. Like, Oh, it's kind of slow. And I just finally said, you know what? I don't get scared, but I, and I'm not scared, but I'm to the point where I'm starting to worry. So, but guess what? I, I uh, think when things open up, we might, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see some changes. Did you say this is only six weeks? I feel like we're six months in the Rona. Trying to think about that, so it was like mid mid March, right? Somewhere around there. Now, when that like March fifteenth ish, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah, I guess. So we're eight weeks, I guess. Eight eight weeks. No, no, I want to say. I'm trying to think here, because here in Nebraska, the girls' basketball state tournament is the first week of March. First weekend in March, and then the boys is the second weekend in March. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably yeah because they played You're the girls. Right. They played the girls tournament. They didn't play the boys. Girl, yeah, girls. <laughs> girls had fans there. Boys mm-hmm. did not. Yep. Yep. I always whenever I do this, I think about that uh, scene in Anchorman when, uh, what's his name? Uh, the the uh, one of the. Uh, Field reporter, Brick? yeah, no, Chance the kind. no, the uh, the uh, the street reporter. I can't remember his name is in the show. Anyway, he's like he's at the zoo watching the uh, 
the panda trying to have the baby. Brian with Fantana. Brian Fantana. That's it. He has. He has. Uh, <laughs> Brian Fantana. He's like day one thirty five of Panda Watch. You know, and, and it was right. You know, I just that's every time I reference that weeks, that's what I feel like. I feel like it's going on, but. <clears throat> But yeah, so there's yeah, kind of kind of like kind of like bread steel. What what what's so great about the damn pandas? Uh, there's like eight of them in the world. <laughs> yeah. like oh well, there you go. Yeah, it's a uh, it's craziness Brian out there, Fantana. man. Brian Fantana, the man of the people. The man well, of the I got to be honest, that smells like gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. You know, you got to roll the dice because sixty percent of the time it works every time. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it kind of makes you the combine thing is is my biggest fear right now that I worry about the most. And you brought that up. And as you sit back and look at combine, I know. And I apologize. The the world gets so tired of hearing that c word. Well, it's sometimes the truth hurts. You know. But it's it's one of those, <laughs> right. it's one of those things where it, the thing about combines is that it's not so much it's what it is it's what combine you're talking about it's not combines in general it's combines that you're talking about so what class of combine you're talking about and if we have talked about any one thing on here more than anything else it's 2012 through 2014 model combines right and right there is a but you look at like a, a twenty. 17, 2018, 2019 combine. And we got demand for those. We got people looking at them. Are we are we moving yeah. them? Are we moving them fast like one like they flying off the shelf? Absolutely not. Are they are we having to bend and mold to make things look work and do, you know, jump through the hoops? Of course you are. But there's activity on those. I'm not saying there's not activity right. on a, a 2012 or 13, but they're a straight up commodity, right? Today, today this right. S six eighty is worth boom, or this whatever combine you know is worth this, you know, and that's it. There's no, no one's arguing that. Nobody's disputing that. Nobody is trying to say you're taking advantage of this or the other thing. Everybody knows, right? So it's just, are you right. willing to let your goes? Are you willing to let yours go for that amount today? And that's where we're at. And I think there's a... Uh, you know... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I, I just think, are, are we at that point now where everybody has has uh, took the medicine and realized what the market is and and uh, is not going to try to to you know prop it up somehow or, or do some, you know, whatever to, to show that they're this common is worth 50 grand more than everything else out there is right you know you you had set off air you're having colonel van on later correct right okay i had heard we're, we're going to start a rumor that cat scales you know that you hear on xm radio and shit they're like at all the big truck stops so you right. can check your weight and all that yeah they are partnering with Sullivan Auctioneers starting next week to have a scale at every auction that has more than one combine. <laughs> yeah. So they, can, so they can sell them by the pound. So they can <laughs> expedite the sale of it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what it feels like things have come to more than anything when it comes to even, 
I mean, there for a while, like, it felt like that's, you know, early 2000s model tractors. There were some people looking for that stuff, but it the biggest hindrance of all that stuff, whether it's a, anything from 2010 to 2000. In 14, right? We'll just cut the line off right there. Right. Everything is getting traded in at the same time, and it all has about the same amount of hours on it. That's the problem. It's not... Right. You know, if it went through a normal cycle, oops, or every couple of years or something like that, of trading it in, or every three years, or some, you know, some normal cycle, and not, well, we were buying stuff brand new every year, and now we're, now we're not buying anything, and... We're going to keep running the same combine for the next five or six years, and then we're going to trade it in. Well, everybody had the same idea, you know, yep. and that's a problem with the marketplace. And it's not anyone's fault. It's, you know, corn goes from six bucks to three dollars. You know, it's just, you know, it's economics. What, and how does it all work? And what, what's, yep. the, what's the cost per bushel and the, those kind of things? And how's that, how's that all play out? And... What's the what's the relative value of whatever it is you're trading in? Just like, I mean, it's just like anything else is. If there's a whole bunch of something and there's not a lot of people to buy it, then the price goes down. That's just that's just the simple facts of it. Right. But the the best thing that we have going for us in the farm equipment world, as I'm, you know, yesterday was a really busy day. Guys, guys calling. Um, as I was just bitching about it being quiet yesterday was yesterday was normal. Um, the best thing that we have going for us in the farm equipment business, and it doesn't matter if it's bright green, dark green, both shades of red, orange, blue, it doesn't matter. Yellow. Chartreuse. Whatever it is, it's going chartreuse. Microbus. <laughs> It's go. It's going to wear out. It's Absolutely. going to be a point where you want you as as the wonderful KC Seymour. You you should get a tagline just like "Let's go move some iron." You should tagline that not because they want to, but because they have to. You know, there's there's always going to be that the guys that are still hanging on with a seventy series. You know, I know a lot of guys across the country last year, finally, it come to a point where, you know, I got 2,500 SEP on this thing, and yeah, I love the 70 Series, and yeah, it was the best combine ever built, and all of that kind of stuff, but it becomes, you know, like you were saying, economics, it becomes a dollars for investment, like, do I really want to pour... 10 or 15 into this thing this winter or should I trade even though the 70s have fallen out of bed everything that threshes green has fallen out of bed all colors but should I trade this thing it's been paid off forever trade it in get me into an S even though I don't want to I have to because there comes a point where you just got to do it and then there you go. So I know there's been a lot of those finally happen here in the last 18 months or so. Yeah. And and more coming. I've had a lot of guys that damn near have a 70 series tattoo 
that are like, it's time. You know, we, we got to do it. I know guys that farm a boatload of acres that, you know, we, we had a 70 series when that was, that was the combine. And then instead of upgrading, we bought another 70. And now we bought another 70. And, oh, by the way, this one didn't run last year because we can't find enough help. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. there's, there's, and there's a lot of that out there, man. That, yeah. that, was, that was the only bright spot of combines falling out of bed as hard as they did for as long as they did is guys bought a couple of them. Well, that's good and bad. One, that's good because instead of that guy, well, we can get rid of one to that guy. We did get rid of two to that guy. And now he has two of them to come back in. But at least at that point, the market has reset. And although you can never, there is no crystal ball to combines, but you can at least, you, you get, you know, you're pissed off at your Super Nintendo, you get to hit reset. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the beauty of that part, you know. Well, the thing about that, not because you want to, because you have to thing, is it's, the caveat to the whole thing is, when does it make sense for you to do that, right? Right. It's it's not yep. necessarily because you got to spend ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on a combine. I mean, I think that's just that's a valet fee most most places. I mean, it's just one of those things that combines are an expensive thing to maintain. Anything that comes in contact with crop is an expensive thing to maintain, right? Whether it's a chopper or well, a combine or is, whatever it is. You know, the guy's always talking about thinner steel and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I know I know Case H and I know John Deere have way damn more extended wear stuff in them that guys are buying than they did 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. But it's wearing out faster. That is not the steel in the combine, whether it's a Gleaner, a Lexion, a Case IH, a Deer. It's not that they're making them lighter and tinnier. It's the fact that you're picking 300 bushel corn, not 200 bushel right. corn. That's exactly right. You know? Yep. Or, or the amount of beans. Beans just wear out a combine. And, you know, 40 bushel beans used to be normal. Well, shit. As, as you look on Ag Twitter, everybody and their dog has their picture in the field holding their, you know, poster or whatever with the Pioneer rep, the D, you know, the yeah. decalb rep, whatever, of some huge-ass soybean yield. Right. I, you know, I know through the last couple of years, man, hitting 80, eight high 70s or 80 on beans is not batshit crazy like it used to be. It's getting to be fairly common. Well, that is a double of what beans used to be not terrible long ago. Right. That, you know, corn is a third jump again. And and 300 is back there in your rearview mirror. Guys are, you know, 350. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're, you know, it's the genetics in the seed. It's the it's not that they're they're doing a Francis Childs well, let's see if we can hit 600 bushel or David Hula or any of them guys. It it's just it you know they're not they're not spoon feeding it and babysitting it. It's it's the genetics. It's the it's the planner. It's the you know maybe it's because of strip till. Maybe it's you know there's so many factors in it. It's just happening, right. and bushels wear out a combine. It's bushels. Yeah, and that's why. And that's and that's why 
there's not a hell of a lot of difference between a S or a Bullet Rotor 60 series, right? I mean, there there is, but your wear items are your wear items. It's not like, well, this has belted, you know, belted conveyors in it instead of augers. Nope, they're all they all got a clean grain cross auger in the bottom, clean grain elevator, bubble up auger. All that shit is the same in all them combines. And it wears out just because there's so damn many bushels. Right. And that's where that, that statement comes into play. Not because you want to, because you have to. At a certain point in time, your operation will no longer support the machine that you currently have. And right. I can already hear guys saying, oh, bullshit, I'll run this thing to the wheels fall off. You do it every year. You run it to the wheels fall off every year. And that's, that's, what, that's where we're <laughs> at. You know what I mean? So right. it's it's right. one of those things where capacity and the not like just like what you said, guys are yeah, and it's ago, not and it's not like an S seven eighty is going to have three times the shot bill of a bullet rotor ninety eight sixty exactly right that's exactly right all they're right. all going <clears> to <throat> have a shot bill and add in add in the you know eighty two thirty binder and the. 760 Lexion. Yep. They're all going to have a big shop build just because they're all covering a lot of acres. A lot of bushels are going to wear out. It has nothing to do with the machine. And that's the have to, not want to. Right. You're talking about machines now that Business are decision. 20 years ago, the same acres that they're farming, they're producing probably, it could, it could be producing 30% more bushels on that same acre that they were 20 years ago. Right. right. So now you got yep. machines now that are doing when, you know, a three row head was a big deal, then we jumped up to a six row head and then the eight row head, and then now you got twelve row heads and then oh well, maybe the sixteen row thing might be something to look at. Cool, great. Now you got companies like Lexion, they got twenty four row planters or twenty four row planters. Can't even can't even wrap my head around the fact twenty four row um, corn heads. You know, and, and Yep. That's a lot of that's a lot. That's a lot of crop coming through that machine at eight miles an hour, five miles an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you're really, you're really going. That's the next step in this whole this thing is is how fast can I make it go, right? So now we got a 24 yeah. row head or a 16 row head or whatever it is. And now, traditionally, I've been doing, you know, whatever it is, four and a half to five miles an hour with my combine well now if i could go eight i'm gonna get done twice as fast right so i, I can combine twice as much in the day as i did just by simply going four miles an hour faster now well, you're talking about where and let's let's even use that in not winning the lottery price tag but but <laughs> for you know the new lexion and the new head and all yeah. that say you know, you were going four and a half with uh, a six eighty and a twelve row head. Now you're going five and a half, maybe even up to six with a seven ninety and a sixteen row head. Yep. That's a huge jump, man. Yep. And you can go do whatever that everybody in the world knows. Most most everybody in the world knows. You can have the biggest, most wonderful combine on earth, but if you're hauling the shit home to a 13-inch auger, it don't matter. <laughs> you know, you might as well have yeah. an 8820. Yeah. It's, you know, there's there's so much that goes to that. And, and I hate to say it, but 
actually, no, I'm proud to say it, for the farmer to jump from a 9770 to a 680 or a 680 to a 790, you know, let's use those three stair steps. It's probably cheaper for them to do that than it is, well, now we got to add one or two more trucks, somebody to drive them, one we probably got to upgrade the cart we have plus get another cart and we still have the biggest bottleneck of all we have to redo our entire grain system yep that's the thing we got to put in a bigger drive over or put in a bigger pit triple the size of our leg you know all that kind of shit it's it's just never ending and that's that's the world we're in so we're not we're not always the we're not always the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's all about <clears throat> the the support equipment is is the one thing that I feel like is a um, I don't it's not overlooked. I don't want to say that it's not cause that's not true. It's the um, I think it's almost like a cart before the horse type scenario. Sometimes they uh, yeah <clears throat> you jump up from a uh, a class six combine to a class eight combine. And all of a sudden, your grain cart's not big enough, or your heads aren't big enough, or um, capacity. You still have the same capacity, right? You're still farming the same number of acres, right? But yep. your capacity's still the same, but it's processing the the processing capacity that you have to, to, to fill that up. So it's all those things that come into play, and all those little, little nuances and, and little things that, that kind of go into all that. But that goes back to that, not because you want to, because you have to thing. It's sooner or later, if you stay the same and you've been operating the same way forever and you still have the same number of acres that you farm, there's really no sense of, of up getting bigger, right? Getting bigger equipment. Just it, just get done faster, right? That's the, that's right. the only advantage. If you're growing in size, <clears throat> right? Then you guys are looking at capacity, right? What is your capacity to grow, and how fast can you process the crop that you're that you're that you're cutting out there, right? That you're harvesting, and those are going to be the things that that play into a big a big decision maker when you start looking at how these uh, um, how these guys move forward. And then that that's because you want to, because you have to. Thing is because now my ninety seven seventy, as much as I love it, as much as I think it's the best combine ever created. Um, it's just it's not gonna it, it's gonna hold me back. It's not gonna keep me going, right? Just uh, right repair costs or whatever it is that go into play and all that stuff. I don't have the capacity to to move up to do all the things I need to do. So now I need to upgrade to a whatever combine, right? A bigger, newer combine. And now you're starting to talk about technology, and you're not talking and efficiencies and those kind of things. Not necessarily newer augers. You know what I mean? You're talking about the technology that right. comes with the machine and how that's going to make me more efficient now to do, you know, more acres with the with the same amount of people, right? And um, you know, and how am I going to process all that stuff? That's that's when you start having the technology talk, and that's that's where we're at now. Right. Yep. Yep. Well, to put it in terms. <clears throat> In 19, the fall of 98, I helped a farmer back home, and they're pretty damn good size, don't get me wrong, but they had a 9610, an eight-row corn head, 
three 700 bushel carts. No, two. And then, well, there was a, a 600 on the end just in case. But use two 700 bushel carts, three semis. And they have two home bases. Both have a leg, but not a real high capacity leg at that point. And the combine never stopped, ever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was the grain cart guy. And what we would do. You dump once, combine dumps once, combine dumps twice, haul last to the end, leave it set, grab, jump in the other one, go catch the combine, you know, you just do that all day. Trucker gets there, hops in, fills himself up, parks it. It was just click like that all day long. And that was, God, what is that, man, 22 years ago? Yeah. So you take today's general farming technology and you know the the seed the nutrients all of that stuff and what that stuff costs in 98 versus what you're looking at today and that just like what you were saying that that's the whole point of that story is to kind of reiterate what you're saying is <coughs> it just the the whole support side of it is enormous yeah you know, yep. you can have the most wonderful technology and all that in, you know, what, like an S700. Yeah. Wonderful, fantastic machines. And it, it's everything after that. You know, yep. how many times do you see a, you know, as you drive through the country, oh, there's a combine piled. You know, you can't fit one more kernel in the bin. The flashers are going off and he's sitting. The grain cart is full, and it's sitting, and there ain't one truck sitting at the end of the field. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So yep. you're still sitting because that truck gets back. You know, everybody nowadays, they want their grain cart is a truck, a semi-full or a semi-and-a-half, and they blow that truck full. He leaves again. Mm-hmm. And now the combine's still full, so you go empty him. He takes off, he gets full, dumps again, you know, put three dumps on that cart, and there you go. You're sitting again. Mm-hmm. So that's it. that's what it's all about. And, like, the other side of the coin of that is, God bless Pioneer, and I don't know that they're the ones to blame, but I remember them being the ones to preach in the early to mid-2000s planting window planting window planting window right right that is the single greatest thing that ever got everybody in the world to buy a 24-0 planter whether they're 1500 acres or 5,000 10,000 you know they just get more of them on ag twitter in the last couple weeks i mean guys went from well we're starting well we're done like holy shit man Yeah. (laughs) yeah you know it wasn't terrible long ago that plant, it was it was planting season. It's not planting season anymore. It's planting couple weeks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and that's everything. It's the beans. It's the corn. It's everything. Not well. We got done planting corn this week. Yeah. Took us ten days. Oh, great! Don't have much corn this year, huh? No, that was several thousand acres. It's yeah. just like holy shit. And not only is that size of planter. 
but there's there's just so much to it. The planters, you know, technology, the planter's always changing itself. You can plant a lot of hours in a day given the speed of the planters, how comfortable the tractor is to drive. It steers itself, you know. You got iTech or whatever the hell they call it now plugged in. You don't turn it around and lift it up and drop a marker and all that. I mean, you you sit there and manage it. It, it is literally like a Wall Street office. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there, you watch your screens, you manage it. <clears throat> all the hard work is done way before that. The brain work, you know. Yeah. I want this hybrid on this field, and we can go this fast. We're going to apply this product and this product and this product and all that stuff. And it's just, it, if you really sit down and think about it, it blows your damn mind. And then, boom, 10 days done. Yeah. Like, holy shit, man. Yep. <clears throat> well, that's a whole other side of that, too, is the is just the support side of that. So you got a 24-0 planter <clears throat> that can go out and plant 100 and however many acres an hour and getting after it, but that's only you're only as efficient as your support equipment is. And that's the, right. that's the, that's the tie-in there. But there's a, you know... Technology and planters is the fastest growing technology thing out there. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, yep. there for a long time it was it was all about the RTK systems and those kind of things. But the the uh, the agronomy side of, of precision ag is is really 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 growing faster than anything else is. I mean, not only can your planter um, can you plant based on the soil type, and you have a you have a, a, a a uh, planting subscription or prescription that you put in there. You also have a, uh, not that far away from having multiple hybrids on the same machine that we need to this certain soil type on this ridge, you know, on this little ridge of the, of the, the contour of the field, we're going to plant this, this specific hybrid in this little 10 by 10 area. And that's what we're going to plant there. And then we're going to switch it back and over that. And that's all, that's honestly already there. Yeah, it is, but as far as, like, no. mainstream, large-scale type stuff. Right, you know, right, yeah, yep. We're probably a year or two away from that being mainstream. So, I mean, it's... We're probably not a year or two away from, say, you got an EC map, you know, the uh-huh. electric conductivity soil map. Yeah. As being another layer map, and that is what runs your row cleaners up and down. Yeah. You know, with with just mind-blowing shit like that and it's not that the companies whether it be you know harvest international case ih deer kinsey it's not that they're like well let's make it super fancy because guys will buy it they do all that shit because it's just as you said it's all agronomically driven yeah if they they all them companies do their own studies and if they can show you that you get a 3% bump or a 5% bump, get out your pen, calculator, figure it up. Yeah, that'll work. We'll take that. Yeah. <clears throat> Technology on farm equipment's not like a chrome shop at that. What's that What's that big uh, truck stop there on I-80 in Iowa or wherever that's at? It's got the world's largest I- chrome Iowa shop. Iowa 80. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. It's not like that. It's not for flash. It's You're spending a lot of money. Some just call it heaven, you know. <laughs> <laughs> look at all these look at all this all these chicken lights and all this chrome this is badass <laughs> it's it's one of those things you have to justify all that man you know what i mean like you you really right. need to have that a reason to get all that stuff and 
it's again that goes back to my not because you want to because you have to thing you don't have to get the technology and go out there and plant your twenty thousand acres of corn with whatever you can do that with a six row 7200 planter right that's stopping you from doing that yeah just do you want to get it done by august is, is the question you know what i mean that's that's <laughs> right. what you that's what you need to be doing you know and so um <clears throat> All that stuff that you're doing, planting window is huge, right? We saw last year what happened with the planting windows, you know, when you're looking at the exactly. different stuff. And that technology allows you to hit those planting windows just when you have to, to make it work. And that's where we're at, man. And I know not everybody wants to hear that, but that, that's that's the world that we live in. And that's, that's the uh, little bit of... You know, a little bit of the technology kind of mindset goes a long ways into into creating the ultimate inefficiencies when you're uh, out there working, especially if you're trying to um, – these guys that plant around the clock now. I mean, not that that wasn't something you could do 20 or 30 years ago, but it was not something that you wanted to do. Now it's kind of just part of it, right? No one really thinks too much about it. Right. And <clears throat> so yep. they just get it done. And you know, we're talking to guys, guy the other day that was that had three days in a row where he planted 450 acres of corn, three days in a row. That's a lot of corn. Oh no shit, you man! <laughs> That's a lot of corn. He was going to try for the exactly. fourth day. He's going to try to break his record on the fourth day, see if he can get the last. I think he had like 475 acres or something to go. And so he planted 2,500 acres. We'll see what that be. Whatever that is, 1,200, 1,350, 17, almost 2,000 acres of corn in four days. Yes, exactly. So <clears throat> It's unreal. Yeah. Yep, so good stuff, man. Well, I feel like we have uh, jumped around here enough in this conversation. Um, started out talking That's about... That's what happens with me. <laughs> started out talking about... Very hard to stay on task. What's going on in the market to planner technology and support equipment so well-rounded discussion today Aaron good job buddy well I do what I can it's you know you got the I got the squirrel syndrome because <laughs> we went from combines to god knows what in the blink of an eye so yeah. there yeah. will be no test on this listeners so you don't have to take <laughs> notes and try to follow along very closely <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'd, we'd fail our own tests anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, Yep, there you go. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Folks want to reach out to you and, and get some of those super sweet deals that you got listed on Twitter. What's the best way to do that? Well, just look me up on Twitter. It's at Aaron Fintel, or call me, text me, whatever, 308-760-1193. Right on. And I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all the latest uh, podcast posts. Also, dropped a blog uh, last week. Hopefully this weekend I'll have it done. My third edition of the uh, of the, the different pillars of a ag equipment business sales department. Um, have that next one drop here hopefully this weekend, if not first part of next week. And uh, So check that out. Also check out movingironloc.com for all the latest news. And if you are interested in coming to the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, check that out. Um, it's always a good time. Aaron always has a hell of a good time when he goes to that. So 
make sure you make sure you check that out give me a email at moving iron podcast <laughs> moving iron podcast.com and and uh i'll send you all the information about that also um check out global ag network and all the great podcasters out there listen to the guys out there uh ag state of mind new one that's just come on the network here the last couple months or so it's a good podcast to check out also check out the dryland farmer podcast with brent and landon those guys are especially right now and you guys are stuck in a cab of a tractor out there all day staring at row after row after row it's going to be uh be a good time for you to get a little laugh from dryland farmer podcast so until the next time i am casey seymour with aaron fennel let's go with some iron folks out in the 21st century hard working people working hard for you and me moving higher time and time again through the years you'll find us here